Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Welcome, everyone. So glad you're joining us today. Let me think, where do I want to start? It might be a good place just to check in with you. You know, I made a promise a couple of weeks ago that by the end of this month, we'd be at least somewhat happier. <laughs> I know, I'm on dangerous ground here. We're, we're using Happy for No Reason, Marcy Shimoff's book, for part of our inspiration. And uh, I think I am a little happier. I, I would invite you all, though, uh, any of you who would like to uh, give some feedback about this particular series or any of our series, please drop me a note. My email is revlarry at cslportland.org, and I would love to hear from you. Let's catch up with each other on how this series is going. Now, if you remember, last week we used algebra to prove to ourselves that we're in large extent in control of our happiness. We use the formula E plus R equals O, where E equals what happened, the event, O equals our desired outcome, which hopefully includes a measure of happiness, and what we're entirely control over is R, our reaction to what happened. And you remember we spent quite a bit of time talking about that, and in particular, the idea of if we react with expansiveness, if we react with the open heart, we are way more likely to have an outcome that is happy than if we react with contraction, if we react in a way of anger or something that makes the situation seem smaller and more pointed. Well, I'd like to expand upon that. I'd, I'd like to move forward with that idea today but through it taking a slightly different direction. So far, we've been talking about how do we go about modifying our experience of the world so that we can be okay with it, so that we can be happy with it. You know, what's the old saying, when, when life gives you lemons, we make lemonade? So, so far, we've been making lemonade this month, and I think somewhat successfully. But what if we can actually create happiness from the get-go? What if instead of waiting for a reaction, waiting to make the best of what comes our way, what if we actually encounter life with the intention of happiness? You see, it's a little different. It's actually putting ourselves in the process of life, actively creating happiness. And this too, as you'll remember, the whole thesis of this book is that happiness is an inside job. So this too is part of what we need to do on the inside first if we wish to experience it on the outside. But let me give you an example. So in the book, it talks about leading with the heart. Being able to lead, not react, but actually lead yourself from a position of open-heartedness. And so an example. Daniel and I are blessed. They went through our neighborhood and installed fiber optic cable. Who knew? One of the oldest neighborhoods in Portland, right? We, I swear uh, our central office for the telephone company was one of those old 
ka-chunk, 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 switch systems. And we went from that to fiber optics. It's like a miracle, right? So we signed up for it. It was a decent price they were offering to everybody. And oh my gosh, we were so happy. There's this thing now called the Internet of Things, and you can get like connected refrigerators and all kinds of interesting things. Well, we didn't buy a refrigerator that connects to the Internet. We're not quite that technologically savvy yet. But we installed a home automation system. And it's been great fun. When our girls, the dogs, when they go outside in the middle of the night, it automatically turns on lights for them, right? It's like we're so 21st century. And then the telephone company upgraded our router. And suddenly everything that worked just beautifully with our new high-speed internet stopped working altogether. And so I called the telephone company and we sorted through things and they told me how to restore things back to the way it was. And they mentioned that, you know, well, this is a good thing. We're trying to keep your your router updated every month. And so, you know, sorry you had this negative situation. Here's how you fix it. And so we were fine until the next month when they did it again. Well, (laughs) about the fourth time that I called in to try to take care of this, I was beginning to have not very much faith in my ability to be calm and collected and even, I mean, basically the Larry you know and love, it wasn't me anymore (laughs) at the thought of calling into the telephone company. And so when I went about this this last week, I decided to put these principles that we've been learning, and in particular the principles I'm going to talk to today, into action. And so before I made the call, I sat down and I said to myself, first of all, what am I grateful for in this situation? Because I know that gratitude is a great antidote to any kind of animosity. And so I sat down and I said, well, first of all, you know, I've been one of their subscribers, dare I say, for like 40 years. And I've had 40 years of good telephone service. I mean, I've had my ups and downs now and then when I call into customer service, I have to admit it. But when you think of 40 years of service every month, them giving me a month of telephone service just in the hopes that I'll pay them at the end of the month. (laughs) Have you thought about it that way, though? All of our utilities, well, at least most of them are, are given to you just with the trust that you'll pay at the end of the month. And if you rack up some long distance and other things, that you're good for it. And so I sat down and I thought, gosh, 40 years really of good service and and goodwill. And yeah, it's like, okay, that's worth a few blips. The other thing that I wanted though to bring after reading the material for this week, the other thing that I wanted to bring to the situation in addition to the idea of goodwill and, uh, and perhaps some largesse with whoever I talked to was a very simple idea of loving kindness. Could I turn this upcoming phone call into a measure of friendship? Could I actually, whoever I get on the phone, could I approach this with the idea that at the end of the call we're going to be friends? I'm going to make a new friend today when I call the telephone company. And finally, because that seemed a little bit of a stretch for me, honestly, because of that, I detailed some of the ways 
that that could be important, that that could be possible. I thought of myself as as really moving beyond this as a transaction of, I want this, and as though they wanted something different, and really thought about the unity of this transaction. They really want me to be happy, right? This isn't an adversarial thing. It's not like I'm calling in to say, I want what I want, and I know you don't want me to have it. Everybody wanted the same thing. We were in it together. And so I really sat down and thought about it from that perspective. How can this encounter be the highest and best for everything? Because basically we do want the same thing. I want my good uninterrupted service and and they want to continue trusting me to pay the bill at the end of the month and be a customer that sticks through them for some time. And so I sat and I meditated on it and thought about it a little bit and I phoned them. And you know what? It was the best encounter that I've probably ever had when calling in anywhere to discuss some kind of a problem. And although I wouldn't say necessarily I made a friend that day, I certainly had a friendly exchange. And I started out by complimenting them on their service. I said, you know, I've been one of your customers for almost 40 years, and I got to tell you, with very few exceptions, it's been a seamless 40 years of good service. And I just want to thank you for that. And then I said, you know, lately we've been having a little issue, and I explained the problem. And I said, I know that you want to resolve it as much as I want to resolve it. We want to have another 40 years together, right? And so could you help me? And I could tell that my words brought down kind of an us and them energy level to where the two of us really were trying to puzzle it out. And so she explained what she could do. And I said, you know, I said, that sounds great. That sounds perfect. But you know, this is very similar to the conversation I had last month when I called in. And for some reason, it didn't work. Could we talk about that? And so very calmly and carefully, she looked through her documentation and she said, just a minute, let me go talk to one of our experts, which had never happened before. And so she went and she came back a little later and she said, you know what? She said, I think there might be a problem here. And she said, I've taken down the information. Can you trust me to take care of this? I can't fix it over the phone right now but I'm going to get to the bottom of it and take care of it. No one had ever offered to do something like that before. And sure enough, it was taken care of. And I credit it not so much to me, not so much to her, certainly not to the mechanics of how the telephone system works, right? I'm sure there was some glitch along the way or something like that. I credit it to the idea of loving kindness. I attribute it to that availability in any given moment for us to treat each other with compassion, with sensibility, with courtesy, and with loving kindness. And so today we're going to talk about how we can bring our intention for having happiness, of approaching the day, of approaching something that could be awkward, of approaching life from that standpoint of, there's going to be some fun here. We're going to enjoy this. No matter what it is, 
I'm approaching it as though I will make new friends. I'm going to approach it as though all the problems can be solved. I'm going to approach it with the idea that this day will end better than it started. I'm going to approach it from the perspective that we're all in this together and that the highest and best can be achieved for all. And although I may not be successful 100% of the time, I bet most of the time I will be. I bet most of the time my own energy of loving kindness, my own energy of positivity, my own energy of fairness and being willing to listen and really find out what's going on with each other, I bet those things will create happiness for me. And so, so what are some of the clues from the book that helped me through that telephone call? There's three in particular that they talk about that I want to cover today. One is to focus on gratitude. No matter what is going on in your life, whether it's a, a negative happening, whether it's a tough situation, whether you're feeling not supported in some way, one of the ways to really get out of that and motivate you, set intentions for moving through it, is gratitude. Being grateful for what you already have and being grateful for your anticipation of better things ahead. So not only gratitude for what has been and gratitude for the present moment, but even imagining yourselves a little further along the walk of life and being even more grateful for what is going to happen. That is setting your intentions on happiness. That is your ability to influence what you're feeling now and setting yourselves up for feeling it in the future. Gosh, I am grateful for this present moment. I'm grateful for the people who are here this Sunday. I'm grateful for the people who are down at the, at the Pride March downtown. I'm grateful for all the fathers who decided to stay home today and get uh, cherished by their children. I'm grateful for the celebrations for Juneteenth going on around the city and around this nation. Pleased as punch that finally the United States government decided to recognize this public holiday. I am so grateful on this day for so many things, and I will not be derailed. Do you know what I mean? It's like I am standing in confidence that this is going to be a fabulous day, and it is being a fabulous day. I want to thank you for it. This congregation, this community, this connection of like-minded people has brought me through some amazing things in my life. I am so grateful to be here and to be with you. Can you bring that level of gratitude to what's going on in your life? If you can, if you approach it, what I guarantee you is that you will be happier for it. The second thing that she mentions in the book that I think is equally important is to practice forgiveness. Because I do know it's difficult to be happy, it's difficult to be grateful if you're nurturing a grudge. And I know how easy that is. Even in my trivial encounter with the telephone company, right? Uh, the first couple times I phoned them and got such poor service, there was a part of me that was willing and interested in actually keeping a grudge alive. Like, how dare they? You know, after th instead of me thinking, after 40 years of good service, bless them, I was thinking, after 40 years of service, I deserve something better than this. Gosh darn them. 
Do you see how that just stands in the way of happiness? And it even would have stood in the way of me getting good service if that would have been my attitude, if that would have been my intention in making that phone call. The outcome would have been very different. Believe me, they would not have called in an expert to help me. And so who needs to be forgiven in your life? And I don't mean that from a perspective that they need it. You need it. When you are allowing other people to occupy your mind through resentments and, uh, and anger and suspicion and, and whatever negative emotions you're holding about someone or something or, or some group of people that have held you in a certain way or done something to you or caused you harm or whatever it might be, when you keep that alive in you, they're not suffering. Who's suffering? It's, it's just you. It's just us as we harbor a resentment. It's our own heart that's diminished. You'll remember last week we talked about approaching life from an, an expansive mood or a contractive mood. And what I know, resentment is the very definition of a contraction. It's closing your heart. It's putting up walls. It's creating an impasse so that you cannot move forward. You are stuck. And forgiveness, on the other hand, is a measure of freedom. It's moving through that. Now, I'm not saying that you need to somehow say what happened to you was okay. I'm not here to say that we don't need to do what's necessary to keep ourselves and our family and our loved ones and our communities safe. Absolutely, we need to do that. But we can do that better when our heart's open. We can do that better with a mind that is clear and able to move forward. And so, yes, part of your homework this week is to decide if there is someone in your life that you are allowing to have your heart clamped down. Are you actually passing up a measure of your own happiness, your own love, your own goodness, because you're allowing feelings of negativity around someone or something or some group of people to hold your own heart hostage. You're in control of that. It's yet another place where happiness is an inside job. You have the power over forgiveness. The third one I love, the third technique that she says is one from the Buddhist tradition of loving kindness. And here is a place where we really proactively can do something in particular. I'm going to lead you through the exercise in the book here in just a minute. But, but what is this idea of loving kindness? What, what is the Buddhist notion of loving kindness? Well, first let me start maybe with what it's not. It's not that you have to love everybody. It's not that you have to like everybody, right? So, so let's start there. We're not probably meant to move in and live a blissful life for everyone. In fact, some of the people closest to us, I'm not sure that that, that always works out as well as we'd like it to. What it does mean is that every person that you encounter is treated with dignity, is treated with an open mind, is treated with that essence of, would you like to be my friend today? doesn't have to be a long-term commitment, but would you like to be my friend today? It, it's extending that hand of gracious contact. 
And it's sincere, too. I don't mean putting on the face of friendship uh, or, or putting something on. And so I'm not asking you to extend your openness and vulnerability beyond where you feel safe. So, so this isn't a fakey thing. This isn't just putting on a smile when you don't feel it. But it is being able to be open with people. It is allowing your guard to be down enough to be able to exchange some reality with other people. It is that sense of compassion for others, assuming that that same compassion, that same courtesy will be extended to you. And the practice is a very simple one, and I'll lead it from the book here. If you'd like, you can even close your eyes here. We can do it as a meditation. The idea of this exercise expands your capacity for compassion by guiding you through a process of wishing loving kindness to yourself and others. You can close your eyes and just take some low, deep breaths. Just be aware of the breath as it enters and leaves your body. Just allow your thoughts to come and go easily. Know that anything that you are thinking of or that's important can be retrieved later. Just follow that breath in and out. And I invite you to repeat after me, just following these phrases, may I be safe. May I be safe. May I be happy. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I be healthy. And may I live with ease. May I live with ease. And so I invite you just for a couple moments to continue repeating those phrases to yourself silently. I'll, I'll read them out loud and you just internalize them silently for just a few moments. May I be safe. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I live with ease. May I be safe. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I live with ease. Just continue feeling these wishes towards yourself for a minute or two. Soon you'll begin experiencing just a deeper degree of peace within yourself. May I be safe. May I be happy. May I be healthy. And may I live with ease. May I be safe. May I be happy. May I be healthy. And may I live with ease. And now I'd like to have you picture someone that you really care about deeply. It might be a family member. It might be uh, your spouse. It might be a beloved pet. Just picture in your mind eye just someone that you love dearly, a dear friend, a dear family member. Picture them in your mind. Let's do the phrases out loud once together. May you be safe. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be healthy. And may you live with ease. May you live with ease. 
So just continue sending these wishes to this beloved person. Just feel that flow of love in your heart. You can repeat them silently as I read them aloud. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. Just picture this person in your mind, just the beneficiary of your loving kindness. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. And may you live with ease. Mm, Just feel the love coming out of you. It's a love that transcends a human description. It is that loving kindness that comes soul to soul. And now let's widen our scope. Let's send these wishes to all the living beings around the world. Just open your heart to encompass more and more. Picture your thoughts of love moving out into the city, into this neighborhood, and into the state of Oregon and beyond, across this country, across the globe. And repeat one time with me. May you be safe. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be healthy. And may you live with ease. May you live with ease. And just picture in your mind's eye these thoughts of loving kindness moving out beyond this sanctuary, across this neighborhood in this city, encompassing the people celebrating pride down in the waterfront, imagining the glad tidings moving out to everyone celebrating Juneteenth on this year and beyond, just recognizing that each person in their own measure deserves this measure of happiness, of safety, of health, and the ease of living. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. And may you live in ease. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. And may you live with ease. Mm. And so it is. So open your eyes. Um, It's one of the, I think, the very touching examples in the book of a way that you can begin to shift your consciousness by actually intending loving kindness for people as you approach them. Of course, you're probably not going to shake hands with someone new and, and repeat those phrases to them. But in your mind, you can be. In your mind, you absolutely can have that, that sense of loving kindness as you approach awkward situations or new people. You can, in your own heart, have that intention of the encounter going well because you wish the people in it well. We're all in this together. That's one of the feelings that I get when I do that particular meditation and I expand my consciousness out to hold the entire world in loving kindness. What I know is that we're all in this together. 
And that when we hold each other in that level of compassion, in that level of, uh, of intention, anything is possible. We can solve some of the trickiest conundrums facing America and beyond when we're all in that place of loving kindness. Well, one more myth I'd like to uh, expose this week, and that's the myth of others. Some of us believe that we will only be happy when the people that we care about will be happy. And I want you to think about that one for a moment. Is there a part of you that's only happy when your spouse is happy? Is there a part of you that really can't feel the joy of living unless your children are on an even footing and they seem to be happy? Think about that one for a moment. I know we mean it to the best of our regard, don't we? We think about the people that we love and we wish them to be happy. And sometimes we think, well, is it fair then if I'm happy when they're not? How can I choose to be happy when the people around me are suffering, even the people that we love perhaps, not as happy as we would like them to be? One of the key teachings of this is you can't make anybody feel anything. It is not within your power to confer happiness on someone. The only person that you can make happy is you. And your happiness does not come at the expense of anyone else. Everyone has an equal opportunity to be happy. If we believe this to be true, if we believe that happiness is an inside job, now I'm not saying that happiness comes easy for everyone, and a lot of people aren't aware of how these principles work, so don't get me wrong, but ultimately only you can make you happy, and you deserve it. You do not need to wait for someone else's happiness. You do not need to think that you are being disloyal if you are happy when your family is not. And so that's a, the third myth that we're dispelling here. I call it the myth of others, that I'll be happy only if the people around me are happy, only if the people that count in my life are happy. If that's part of your belief system, let's take a look at that. Let's take a look at that, because there's no guarantee that anything you do or say, will make the people around you happy. They are on their own spiritual path. But you have a great deal of power over your own happiness. The other thing I just wanted to mention in passing, did you know that open-heartedness is also healthy? The book mentions two or three different studies that prove that when our heart is open, when we're happy, we're actually healthier that the expression of happiness, of smiling, of being open-hearted, of being with people around that, that sense of letting our guard down and being an open and even vulnerable, all of those things contribute to our health. A couple studies that points out in the book, uh, a study from the University of Miami showed that people who describe themselves as feeling open-hearted have more vitality and optimism, suffer less stress, and experience fewer episodes of depression than the population as a whole. So 
even if you just describe yourself as open-hearted, even if you just think of yourself as an open-hearted kind of person, you will be healthier because of it. And Dr. Robert Ebbins, University of California, Davis, found people who kept a gratitude journal enjoyed better physical health, were more optimistic, and even exercised more regularly. Think about that one for a minute, right? Just because you're grateful and keep a gratitude journal, you're actually more apt to take better care of yourselves. It's amazing. I love it. Now, some of you are wondering what happened to the joke for this week, so I saved it for last. Now, sometimes people think they save the best for last. I'm not so sure about this one. A woman accompanied her husband to the doctor's office. After his checkup, the doctor called the wife privately into his office alone. He said, your husband is suffering from a a heart condition, and it's combined with unendurable stress. If you don't do the following, your husband may die within six months. Each morning, I'd like you to fix him a healthy breakfast, be pleasant, Make sure he's in a good mood. For lunch, make him a nutritious meal. I have some recipes I'll share with you. For dinner, prepare an especially nice meal. Don't burden him with chores as his job is already stressful. Don't discuss your problems with him either. It will only add to his stress. Most importantly, do sweet little things to make him feel special. Buy him tickets to a ball game. Massage his feet when he gets home. Let him watch his favorite shows on TV. If you could do these things for the next 10 months, maybe a year, I think your husband will regain his health entirely. Well, on the way home, the husband asked the wife, why did the doctor want to see you? What, what did the doctor say? I'm sorry, she replied. You've got six months to live. <laughs> I know, a terrible joke. But but what's the reminder here? It's not the facts. It's how we treat them. It's not what is happening. It's how we react to it. It's not the facts of life. It's our interpretation of them that matter 100%. No matter what's going on in your life, if you have the attitude of positivity, if you know that the world is a safe place to be in, if in your heart you have the faith of optimism and the true belief that as you contribute to the happiness of others, as your intention for moving forward in happiness is genuine, as you know these things, your heart will be lifted. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one joy. There's only this one thing. And what I know about it is that it's everything. That truly God's riches, God's love, God's joy, it's present everywhere. In all of our lives and beyond, God is there, ever giving, ever loving, ever joyous. And as we approach our lives from that perspective, as each one of us takes our own ownership of how we feel and how we show up and how we become more of our own unique selves, the world is uplifted. Our lives are blessed. Happiness reigns. For this, I give great thanks. I let it be. And together we say, 
And so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. What a pleasure to have you join us on this day. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.